Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Viziri, a.k.a. Dime Drop. Dime, what is it, five wins in a row, including tonight for the Clippers? How you doing, man? Edwin, I'm doing really, really well, actually. The Clippers are really looking like a championship contender now. I'm using oh, those man. words. And you know why? Because it's about Kawhi. He is starting oh, to play like the Kawhi Leonard that we know is when healthy, like one of the best players in the world. Like his defense has been great. And now the last couple of games, he's had multiple 30-point games. He played so well in this game against Sacramento on Tuesday night that he got to rest the whole fourth quarter. He has now taken over. So like last week we did our awards. We said Paul George has been the best player on the Clippers, and that has stopped. And by the way, Paul George going down with what they said was a groin strain or something. It was a sore groin or groin strain. I hope it is not anything too serious. But wow, Kawhi Leonard. After this game, the PPG is probably going to change. They'll either have the, the exact amount of points per game or Kawhi will have more. And the last couple of games for Kawhi Leonard, let me just read out some of those stats. <laughs> 31 points on Tuesday, 34 points last night. So this is Kawhi Leonard playing on a back-to-back, you know? And we already know that Kawhi has a degenerative knee and all that. He has played every game, knock on wood, and he has been so, you know, he's only gotten better as the season's progressed. Utah 41. That was his best game of the season. So three straight games, 31 points or more. And James Harden's playing really well too. That starting lineup is now 10 and three. Harden is starting to do what he does in most regular seasons, be an all-star level player. And Russell Westbrook has had some solid performances off the bench. The defense has been good. Zubats is playing great. And the Sacramento Kings, man, They've given us two games this season that weren't even a contest. De'Aaron Fox was nowhere to be found on Monday night. Kevin Herter, nowhere to be found in either game we played against them. I mean, Fox had 14 points on 5 for 16 shooting. So Clippers are just rolling on all cylinders. It couldn't get much better. And they're just, before trade, after trade, they had a blip when we started all four of the big four together. But, man. On each side of that starting lineup playing together, after making the rush uh, move to the bench, before we made the Harden trade, this Clipper team has been serious this year, and there's no better stat to look at than the fact that Kawhi and Paul George have played in every single game. That might change on Thursday if Paul George misses the Warriors game, but the point is they're trying to attack the regular season. Like, let's get as many wins as we can, which you know is supposed to be what I grew up watching and why well, I have such a problem with some of these teams in the NBA. you got to have a good regular season to win a chip. It really is a requirement if you look historically. So, Edwin, I'm feeling really good, man. I know our record's only 13 and 10, but we do have a super team, as I said, and it's starting <laughs> to look super because Harden's playing at an all-star level right now, and there's no doubt Kawhi and Paul are. So things are looking good, and I'm not making any bold declarations. The only the biggest thing I said was we're looking like a championship contender, but let's be honest, Edwin, how many great teams are there in the NBA right now? And yeah, like I said, you know, like people, and I know you're one of the, the old days guys, but I'm like, the NBA is in a healthy place. Like it's really competitive. Like you're looking at the West and I think a game and a half separates two through six. So, you know, you talk about the the regular season mattering and it is mattering. 
like a game and a half separates two to six. There's a big difference between being the two seed and the six seed. Like you said, uh, one, a, a two seed's only going to have maybe one uh, road series uh, in the entire Western Conference, right? If, if they win out, right? And that's only if the one makes it as well. You know, in the six seed, that that's nothing but road games. And we've seen, yes, it's possible to run like that, but you have to have a special team. And it's really, really hard because your back's against the wall to start every single series. You know, that game seven is not going to be at your home if it happens. And, you know, you're going to play top level teams, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of hard. You want to at least have one series that's a little, quote unquote, easier. If you're a six seed, that's pretty much out the window. You're going to be playing nothing but world beaters, you know, for like <laughs> six weeks, you know, to win a title. That's tough to do. So you're right. It's definitely been uh, – I've loved the level of competition, you know, in the regular season so far. I think so far we haven't seen people sitting. You know, like you said, Kawhi hasn't sat. You know, PG hasn't missed. AD has missed one game. He's out there. That that groin's not doing too well either, and he's still out there. Even tonight, he refused to leave, and – you're, you're starting to see some of that happening again. Now, whether that's the players just feeling like that's what they need to do, whether that's the in-season tournament, whether that's Adam Silver putting up those requirements for those uh, minimum amount of games that you need to be available for those awards. And as you know, those awards matter because a lot of financial bonuses and kick-ins are required on being first team, second team, third team. So if you're not going to be eligible because you didn't play enough, maybe, I mean, players haven't really talked about it, but maybe that's in the back of their head, like, hey, let me at least, you know, Get, get as many games as I can while I am healthy. And next thing you know, they're playing 70, 80 games versus playing, you know, 40, 50. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. The West has always been stacked. It's always been tough, you know. Um, and this year is definitely no exception. It's it's airtight. And you, you're seeing a lot of good teams. It's not a lot of mediocrity. You, I see a lot of legitimately good teams, one through eight, one through nine in the West, that, that can really make a run depending on, you know, if things go their way. So it's going to be interesting. It's a little too early to kind of do the standings watch, but I'm already yeah. kind of a little bit of it and saying it's pretty tight. And I, I think it's I think some of the lower teams are going to jump up. So I still think there's definitely going to be a lot of movement. So it's good for the league. It's good for fans. And it's good for just the competitive nature. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what you're saying. There's a lot of good teams in the West. Outside of San Antonio and Portland, every team is pretty decent. But yeah. How many do you think are actually great? Which means for me, I guess, who could you actually see winning a championship? You can be as brutally honest with that as possible. I will say both um, both LA teams. Wow. Uh, yeah, Clippers, so yeah. winning, Clippers and championship in the same sentence? Except for Clippers will never win a championship? <laughs> I'll say it's possible. It is. Okay. The, uh, if you told me right now, Edwin, I've come from the future. You know, you didn't, you, you, the dime dropper time machine went forward and you saw it. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't say, oh, that's not possible. Like, okay. Right. So that means that everything went their way. Yeah. They, 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 they meshed perfectly. They proved everyone wrong. Russ was, you know, six man of the year. Harden, you know, got rid of those demons. Like it's tough, but I can see it. Do okay. I think it's going to happen? No, but I see it. It's possible. So I think the Clippers have a chance. Obviously, I think the Lakers have a chance. They were, they already won a championship. So, you know, they can win another one this year. Um, the Kings have a shot. The wow. Nuggets are clearly, win the whole yeah, thing. You mean the Kings can do it? Again, everything breaking their way. They're on the bottom end for me on that. But they have a shot. Um, the Nuggets have a shot. To me, that's the Warriors. I'll still give them a puncher's chance. Even now, wow. they're, at the bottom. they're at the bottom. I don't think they'll do it. But, you know, you still don't want to face that team in the playoffs. You don't want to face them. You don't. You know all it takes is a little bit of that veteran magic. Uh, that, that's just a team you don't want to play. Even if you think you can beat them, you know it's going to be annoying. 
You know Curry's gonna go off for a couple games. It's going six at least. You're not you're not beating the Warriors in five. It's gonna be a tough series. And all you need is Curry engaged. Can, can Clay turn the clock back? Can Dre behave enough? And guess what? Now you're in trouble. Now you're in trouble. Clay. Like it, it doesn't take. It took the Lakers to beat the 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 Warriors. That Warriors team, you saw it last year. They went toe to toe with the Kings and they came out victorious. And it took Lonnie Walker going off. If the Warriors win that game. I don't know. I still think the Lakers win, but now it's it's a series, right? It's two two, not three one. So, and then maybe now you're looking at the Warriors being Western Conference finalists and not like second round rejects. So, I think those are the only teams that have a chance. Spurs you, obviously don't. Blazers don't. Jerseys don't. Just last one is Suns. No, nothing on them because they're the ones that have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who's two <clears> top ten <throat> player caliber guys. I, I just think. I mean, we can't see them even healthy right now. So right. It, it's it's real theoretical, like. Right. I thought tonight we were going to see the big three, and we still didn't see them. Last minute, oh, Kevin Durant's out. I'm like, I just think it's it's tough. I, they definitely have another chance. I, they may be the fifth team. Uh, I just want to – I don't know. I, it's hard when I can't even see one game. Like, right. one? No, no doubt. So, so let me, me see them a little bit more, and then I can, I'll throw, I can throw them in the mix. But right now I just can't because they got an N.A., right? It's like incompleted grade because I'm like, well, I mean, I'd love to see your big three together for a week. Like, you know, that'd be nice. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the L.A. teams and Denver, but I'm going to stop it right there because uh, I don't believe in the Warriors anymore. Clay is just not the same player, and I love him. He's my favorite Warrior, but he's not. Draymond is becoming an issue. Like, it's like he's still a good player. He's shooting better from three this year, but he's actually becoming an issue. They're just old and slow, and I think Kaminga and Moody, as, as, as good as they are, and they're adding things to the table, they're – just still not yet ready to be such huge pieces of championship team. Not to say they shouldn't play, but yeah. I just think right now it's Steph Curry and there's nobody that's close to playing like a second star right now. You're talking about mm-hmm. the Lakers where, let's be honest, Austin Reeves might jump into the Warriors team and be their second best player tomorrow. And James Harden would for sure be their second best player right now. So, I mean... I don't believe in them anymore unless they make a huge deal. And I don't think Chris Paul really helps that much. I think his numbers are good, like on-off stuff. And he's yeah. good with bench units. But, like, he's not moving the needle for me at this age, especially because it's such a clash of styles. He slows down their pace no matter what and their ball movement. And so I'm going to just go with – and the Kings, I like them. But you don't – what team in NBA history that has won a championship goes from not even winning one series – with this iteration of their team to auto to winning the whole thing. So it doesn't really happen. So that's what I'm going with warriors. Right. I think they, well, they, they've had second round experience when they, their first year, they did come off a first round exit when they won to Clippers, but yeah. they went, they played the Spurs that were one rebound away from beating that heat team. And they took them to six games that first year they made the playoffs. So that was right. Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, at least seeing what it was like to play against championship yeah. type opposition. So I think Sacramento's still a couple years away. Yeah, sure. Jim Jackson. I don't want to get into a whole Kings thing, but Jim Jackson <laughs> asked a really interesting question in, in color uh, in commentary tonight, and he was like, "What would you do if you're the Kings? Because they're clearly not a championship team yet to him. What's what would you do to put them over the top?" And I would have to really sit on that for a bit because am I ruling out Fox to be a number one option at number one option at that level? Like, yeah, I don't feel like I feel like we got to give him more of a chance because he's not really the one that underperformed mm-hmm. last year and he was playing with an injury. So anyway, long story short, it's Denver and the L.A. teams uh, for me to the real contenders to really win the whole thing. And it's mainly because the top three guys, LeBron James, yeah. Jokic, Kawhi. 
it starts with those guys. So I'm going with that. And they got the they got the complimentary player, players, right. right? Denver has players like KCP. They have players like Jamal Murray, who yeah. somehow still isn't an all-star. So they have the pieces. You're right. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I like the chances for both LA teams. I like the chance for the Nuggets. If you made me pick right now, I'd either pick Lakers or Denver if I had to pick like one or two. Uh, but there's a couple teams that have an outside chance. Like I, said, like I said, things can break their way. Things are going to move. I don't think the Timberwolves are going to stay number one. I don't think OKC is going to stay number two. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And yeah, you're right. The Warriors dynasty, I think at this point, it is done. I- I'm giving them an out. I'm still, I'm taking the flyer. I'm like, fine. They're the fifth team. I'll take a flyer on a team with that kind of pedigree. But what I do like about the Warriors dynasty ending is that at least it's ending the way it should end, which is they should implode like this. I, I I like the fact their ownership group did not decide to like trade away everybody and all that. And we didn't have, we don't have to hear Draymond on the podcast being like, Oh, we would have won four more. Like, you know, no, like, no, no. We know how many you would have won after Katie one, you won the one you tried, you tried again, you tried again. And then whenever this dissolves, it, it, it's going through its natural progression. We didn't get to see that with Jordan and the bulls. We didn't get to see that with many teams because of money and, and players wanting to get moved. At least their core, the three that mattered the most, they stayed the whole time, and and we're seeing what that what that the end of that looks like. It looks like what it is now, which is they're struggling to win. Only one guy's good anymore, and the other one one's missing all their shots and is no longer the shooter they once were. The other ones get ejected out of games, and and the the parts that the edge that people love that's grown tired. Now you're just getting the bad parts of it, not the good parts, um, and. You know, that's where things look like in the West. But yeah, that was uh, that was definitely an interesting conversation there on, on how the, the West looks. I can't, I can't wait to see how it develops as we uh, move forward. So, um, all right, let's go into the Laker game since we already kind of talked about the, the Clippers Kings. And, you know, again, the, they're riding high. Today was the first day to dime, by the way. You know, I know our timelines are very different because mine's way more Laker focused and yours is like L.A. But, you know, we have different people following us, of course. Uh, but today's the first day. Y'all Clipper people got a little got a little little pep in your step. I, I saw you kind of, you know, tweeting some stuff, and a few people I'm like, "Oh, I forgot." You know, y'all were quiet for a little while. This, this five-game winning streak's got some of y'all feeling a little, a little spicy on the timeline. I, I love it, but yeah, I saw some, some. Oh, where's all the jokes now? Like, don't look now. We're coming. I'm like, okay, okay, I see. It. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say all that because we're only 13 <laughs> and 10. But when it comes to Kawhi, yeah, I mean, he he deserved because we know what he can do. You know what I'm saying? You know me, even though James Harden's playing great, I never, I'm not, I didn't doubt his regular season ability, but I'm not going to be the ones tweeting like, yeah, who, you know, look, look what's, because I'm the one that was talking trash about James Harden, but like that's more because of the playoff stuff and because I don't like watching him yeah. play. But Kawhi Leonard, I'm, I'm going to put all my stock into that if he's healthy, because if he's healthy, you know, he's rarely had like playoff collapses. Of course, there was the bubble, but besides that, the dude has been like lights out every time. So yeah, let's, let's get to it. Lake, Lakers in season tournament victory. No, not yet. Wait, before oh, we get Lakers to that, Mavs, we got, yeah. we gotta, get, gotta get to Lakers maps tonight. So yeah. uh, especially since, you know, you said you, you didn't watch any of it, which is rare for you. Of course, obviously we're, we're recording this right after. So, you know, yeah. you, I'm sure if this was, uh, you know, recorded tomorrow or something, you would have watched clips and, and saw the game or whatever. But yeah, Lakers lost 127-125. So you, I'm I'm the first one giving you what happened. So this is, this is, this is uh, an interesting thing. So basically, um, People were talking a lot uh, on the timeline and just the chatter was like, will there be a in-season tournament hangover? Will there be a hangover? You know, they just want a big thing and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, <clears throat> are they going to be like a days ago? And to be honest, they weren't. 
they they came with the appropriate energy. Um, Anthony Davis had a chase down block in the first quarter. He was dunking the ball in the first quarter. So I'm like, oh, okay, we're there. The problem was, I mean, it's the Dallas Mavericks. They're even without Kyrie, they're a potent offense, and they came to play. So in that first quarter, they were down uh, 34-26 because they just couldn't hold on to that that Dallas offense, and that's kind of what got them going. And that first quarter was kind of a precursor for most of the game. They were just always behind. They would go on a 5-0 run, and the Mavericks would counter with an 8-0 run. They'd go on a 6-0 run. The Mavericks would go on a 4-0 run. Like, just little things. They just couldn't gain any ground. They finally did in the third quarter. Um, and AD was just a monster. Like, I was thinking before the game, okay, he's not going to have a 40-20 night, right? You know what his night was today? 37-11. So he actually wasn't that far off. You know, didn't have as many rebounds. But he was scoring. He had 20 points in the first half, and he had, you know, 17 more in the second. So he stayed consistent. And, again, he had in the second quarter, he had two moments where that groin, again, it's, it's bothering him. He came he came down, I think, from a rebound, and then afterwards he, like, kind of was grabbing it. I'm like, oh. And then he kept going. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he hit a runner with, like, 230 left in the second quarter. And then, again, he, like, was holding it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And they, they subbed him out. He came back in the third quarter, and he was fine. Like I said, he scored 17 in the second half. He was, he was fine. But you could tell, you know, I, I've seen Davis enough to know this keeps coming up, like, it's an issue, but he he did like 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 you said to his credit, he played through the entire thing. It did not affect his ability to defend or score. He was still dominant and and probably the best player on the court for the Lakers tonight. Uh, LeBron got off to a slow start. I don't think he scored in the first quarter at all. He's still into the night, of course. Thirty three nine and eight is the classic LeBron. You think he's having like a lackadaisical game? And look at the stat line. You're like, oh, <laughs> he's got the most points, the most assists, the most minutes. Like, what's going on? And that was kind of what we got from LeBron. But he was a little slow in the um in the first quarter now they made the run and they actually took the lead going into the fourth they were up by one so and they went on that run during the non-lebron minutes which is also shocking because as you know the lakers struggle when lebron says lebron sat they went on like an 8 or run to end the quarter they were up by one and then i think the issue was it took them so much energy to come back even though they were only down by i think it was um 15 at one point in the third but to come back they come back from 15 down in the third to up one that energy was just a little too much, and Dallas just was was shooting it lights out. Uh, from three, they were uh, – I'm looking up the stats now – 21-43. and 43. But the really surprising thing was um, uh, Grant Williams went five for seven from three, and uh, who was the other player? Dante just had, like, literally his best night from three the whole year. He hit – whole um, year. That might have been the night of his entire career from three. I mean, I'll look at the stats. Seven. Line. The one thing I checked was the box score, and I'm like, Dante Exum at 26 points against the Lakers? Like, what? Seven, nine defense, from three. Laker defense has been really electric lately. He just – he literally was just hitting. He hit everything. He was seven for nine. Like, only like – I didn't – I'm not doing the math. I'm not looking at every shot. But if I had to guess, two or three were open threes. The rest were contests, and he was just hitting them. It was like, what are you going to do? <laughs> he was hitting them from the, the corner. He hit a bunch from the wing. Right wing, left wing, like he was just. I was just like, I don't know what to do. Probably the only one that I got kind of frustrated with was a corner three where they clearly were were rotating the ball all the way around to get to him. And I'm like, I could see this happening from the top of the key. I'm like, it's gonna go to X. I'm like, someone, someone, you know, recover, recover. And nobody did, of course. And then he hit that one. I'm like, really? Like he's been lights out. Like how did you not recover? That was probably the only one I, I kind of give the Lakers a, a, a frustration for. The rest of them was just like. I mean, you know, sometimes the guy's just on. Like, I think he only hit four threes before the all, all year. He hit four threes. And tonight he hit seven. So he was on one. 
And ultimately, that's why the, the Lakers lost tonight. They lost by two, so they were right there. They fought the rest of the fourth quarter. They never, like, wavered or or, or went away. Uh, but it was just a, a matter of a good start from the Mavericks. Lights out shooting from three from Williams and Exum. And um, and then, you know, they just didn't have enough in the fourth to kind of pull out the victory. You know, Dallas is, uh, again, they, they got a great game from – uh, from those two, and I think Luca had a pretty decent game. He had his moments. He didn't have like a, a monster game, thirty-three points, so it was still pretty good. But he didn't have a monster game, but he did have a good game. He was he was ready, and in the fourth quarter, he was he was hooping too. So, I mean, that's pretty much it uh, on uh, Lakers Mavs. Unless you have any questions for me, then we'll I guess we'll move on to um, some in-season tournament action here. So you don't think it was a bad loss at all? Because just no Kyrie is the only reason why I ask. Nah, that the. Okay, I'll say this, and you could you could call it an excuse you want. The Mavericks like to play us, like they they always bring it. Luca always brings it. Like I I'll, I've watched Mavs games where I'm like, oh, they they've lost like two or three in a row. I think the Lakers can get them, and then they come out like it's a playoff game. And I'm like, what's going on with the Mavericks? Like I, the Lakers Mavericks matchups for the last two three years have been that way. They've all been bangers, except I think Christmas Day one time the Mavericks like blew us out. Other than that, every game's decided by a few points. So. If there was no Luca, I'd 100% agree with you. But if Luca's on the on the court, even if there was like Luca's the main guy to me, if Luca's on the court against the Lakers, he kind of like with y'all, he always brings it. So it's always it's never we have never gotten an easy win, even when we do beat them. So I wouldn't say it's a bad loss. Um, and they gave the effort, they gave the energy, they never went away. Um, the Mavericks just shot better, and Luca was good enough late in the fourth to kind of get it done. And it's a road game too, so you got to give a slight edge to the to the Dallas. They were on a back to back, so. Theoretically, the Lakers should have been a little fresher. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think I think the better team tonight was the Mavericks, and they won. So, you know, you got to give them credit for that. What made it so hard defensively? Because Laker defense has been so good lately, and I know the Maverick offense is great, but 127 <clears throat> points is a lot. I think it was the first quarter. Like I said, they, they came out with 34. It was just really tough to – they weren't they weren't doing the, a good job defending the three. And I think even the Lakers, they've been a lot better recently, but they've struggled defending the three. And – for example, in the Pacers game, which we'll talk about later, you know, it was Doe Halliburton making those players beat you, and guess what? They, they shot horribly, so they didn't. And then tonight, it was, okay, let's get someone else to go. And then the Mavericks said, cool, we got Dante and Grant Williams. I guess they're just going to they're gonna have the best nights of their lives. So it was like, okay, and the, the Lakers right now, as currently constructed or kind of their defensive philosophy, when they double on someone like that, if the other players step up and hit their shots. They have not really found a good way to adjust to that. That's why they also lost really ugly against the, the Sixers earlier this year because they were doubling uh, Embiid and the other players got going and they didn't have a counter for that because they were so focused on Embiid. So I think it, it's something that Ham's going to have to think about moving forward when when he does play teams that are more star-based. And okay, I get the concept of let the other guys beat you, but what are you going to do when they actually are beating you? Are you going to deviate? Are you just going to take the L? How are you going to try to cool off those hot hands so we don't end up in that scenario where, um, you know, we're letting those guys beat us all night? And I think that's what kind of what happened today. They got going, and they just got going. I mean, they have the the fourth best, I think, offensive rating. They are like a top six offense. So the Mavericks, their offense, as you know, is pretty good, and their defense allowed the Lakers to kind of get back into it. But ultimately, they just they just had enough in the fourth to kind of you know take control of the game. Fair enough. I'm surprised, you know, that the Lakers blitz Luca or double Luca on the on the pick and roll as opposed to you know kind of just playing AD in that normal high drop coverage and then having their defenders like Vando and 
uh, Prince. Oh, no, Vando. Oh, uh, you didn't know that. Oh. Sorry, there's no no okay. Jared Vanderbilt. He had um uh, issues, lower back spasms is what they called it. So it wasn't it wasn't the knee issues that he was having. Uh, it was just a lower back thing. So he didn't play. That's another okay, factor well, that, 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 that hurt. That definitely makes a factor because that um plays a factor because he's been really great defensively this season. What since he's been back, and I think that leads us right into in season tournament. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, no, no Vandal that definitely hurt uh, with that wing uh, defense and and being on the perimeter. So and I, th- I think Reddish also didn't have a great game defensively. He wouldn't have a bad game, but just again, they were those guys were killing everybody. So that's kind of how it went down tonight. All right, so the in season tournament, my new favorite thing, dime, new favorite thing. This is awesome. The Lakers just win and they just win and they just don't literally never lose. And everybody wins. The the Lakers win. The league wins. The players win a bunch of money. Like I, I just don't see a downside. It's just it's just awesome. It's like it's like cake and ice cream. That that's what the NCAA tournament was for the Lakers. But they took care of business. Uh, we're gonna mainly focus on the finals. The the actual final game. Obviously, they had the the Lakers won 106-103 in the quarterfinal at, at Crypto against the Suns, and then they also beat the they beat the Brakes on the Pelicans, which I enjoyed very much. Time as you know. Anthony Davis used to be a New Orleans Pelicans. And every now and then, those fans are in my mentions like, oh, we won the trade. And, oh, AD didn't even, you know, bubble ring, whatever. Uh, You know, in three years, you're going to look. And it was just so sweet. I know it's just it's just the NCAA tournament, yada, yada. But it was a game that mattered. And they knew it. And we beat the brakes off those birds. They were they were they're an endangered species right now. The Pelicans are just they oh, were man. they had no defense. It was so great being in those group chats. Like, hey, what, what's up? What's up with the depth? What's up with you know all oh, this? Na- no, they just got they got dog walked. It was it was nasty. One thirty three to eighty nine in that game, and thanks to that win, uh, the Pelicans went home. I didn't like the Zion conversation. That's something we could talk about. The the weight stuff and all that. I I understand the conditioning, but there's a certain point it goes from like you know calling them out to mean and bullying. I think the Zion stuff. I didn't like that um, with with the kind of national narrative that that happens with him, um, but. Like he mentioned, if it comes from a good place, he's cool with it. And if it um, if it comes from a place where you're just being mean spirited, then like you know whatever. And I think I think Zion did a good job handling those questions about that. So <laughs> I get it, you know. Yes, I get it. But it it just to me it, it crossed a little bit of a line. And I don't know. I feel like I'm just <laughs> I'm just, I'm just remembering because I agree with everything you're saying. Although I don't think that he deserves uh, any sympathy for the way he played in that game. That was a joke. LeBron made him look like LeBron was 23 and he was 38 years old, like straight up. It was crazy. Now, of course, LeBron is not your ordinary 38-year-old. About to be 39 in like two weeks. But but Zion was was terrible in that game. There's no other way to put it. On both ends of the floor. But the reason why I started laughing is because when you were saying like mean and bullying, I was just remembering Stephen A. Smith like – on ESPN, and he was actually kept a straight face. He was like, "You went hard, quote, man." I am quoting chefs in New Orleans. He'd eat the table, and he got so serious. <laughs> like, yeah, it was literally this- when I was. <laughs> Go ahead. No, when, when I was saying it, in my mind, I'm playing the clip in my head. Like, eh, like I don't want to call certain specific people out, but I'm like, Stephen, hey, come on, it's too far, bro. Like, it's too far. He went hard talking about like the the eating the table, talking about he sees his belly. I'm like, all right, like we're we're, we're taking it too far, Stephen. Like, how can you say this <laughs> without saying that? Yeah, quote, quoting the chefs in New Orleans. Yeah. Was, was nasty business. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's no way that's a real quote, right? There's no way. I mean, he made it so serious, bro. Like as if. 
as if this is like a com like a Saturday Night Live skit or something. He's like, yo, I'll call my Benet guy right now. And he'll he's like, no, it might be a real quote. I don't know. Maybe there's a spot he's hitting up a lot. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's certain chefs like, here that would be like, hey, Ed, whenever it comes in, you know, like the, yeah, the bags. <laughs> is it a chef that's a Pelicans fan that's disappointed in Zion or is it an actual chef that's made meals for Zion? <laughs> Oh, I, I've never, I haven't been to New Orleans. I heard the food's amazing. I've been wanting to go. Me neither. Um, Same deal. My mom says the food is great. Everyone tells me it's like, you know, top 10 city. You got to check it out. I just, I almost went um, uh, two years, uh, two years ago, but then I didn't, you know, it was just last minute I had to cancel. So I'm still hoping to go to New Orleans and, and check it out. And, you know, the food I'm sure is amazing, which you know probably doesn't help, but yeah, <clears throat> we, they took it a little too far there with, with, um, with uh, Zion, but I think, like you said, and people will, sometimes people will just they don't respect the the hierarchy. And I'm like, that's what I try to tell people about LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and like when they're healthy and when everything's going. He's like, the thing is, you need to have guys that good. And no offense to the Pelicans, but if when those guys care and they're engaged, which they were clearly for this tournament, you're not you're not beating those guys. Only people that can beat those guys are teams that we talked about, teams like the Kings, teams like the Clippers, teams like the Nuggets. Players who I can, I can actually show, hey, on Kawhi's best day, he wait, can wait, match what? LeBron. Did you just say the magic words? Show, hey, shout out the Nuggets. Yeah, I have to throw something in there, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's an L.A.-based show. Are you kidding right. me? I, you see the talk about the te- – you know, your timeline must have been filled with tears this week with the in-season tournament and the complaining about the Dodgers. I mean, it, it must be great to be the – Los Angeles fans right now, man, we get – I know this sounds really messed up, but we get everyone. Lakers, everyone. even the Clippers get everyone now. <laughs> and now the, yeah. Dod- the Dodgers. I just hope the Dodgers actually capitalize on this. But, yeah, keep going with what you were saying, but we have to get oh, a shout yeah, yeah. to show right, man. Yeah, we have to. Shout out to show. Welcome to Los Angeles proper now. This is Now you're, you're going to see the experience. What's the difference? It's a big difference. You'll see. The, those training camp games are going to be like a 30 for 30. It's going to be, it's going to be a zoo. And uh, yeah, it, it's all been great. That that news was fantastic. Like you said, yeah, my, my phone was just blowing up with notifications yeah. everywhere. I couldn't go anywhere without hearing about it. I went to eat and everyone was talking about it. The, the streets were talking about it. The, the timelines were talking about it. It was, it was everywhere. Everyone was excited. Uh, and then the few fans I have that are from somewhere else were just like, oh, it's not fair. And I'm like, hey, man, it's rough. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You know, like that's all it's all's rough. fair in war and war, you know? It's not fair. We haven't won a championship besides that shortened season since 1988. <clears throat> so, like, you know, at the end of the day, we still, we still have, Dodgers still have a lot to prove. But uh, where were we with the 100%. Lakers? We talk, we're talking about yeah, the yeah. So, yeah, real quick on the Pelicans, Lakers, and then we'll go to the championship game is that's what I try to tell people is like when LeBron and Andy Davis are at their peak – you, you have to have those players to really compete with them. And there's not that many teams in the league that do. There are some. The Clippers, they're a candidate. The Kings are a candidate. The Denver Nuggets are a candidate. And, you know, like I said, the Warriors on their best night. You need to have guys who can actually get there. And, unfortunately, on this team, the Pelicans team, Brandon Ingram, good guy. I like him. Zion, he can be great, but you're not, you're not competing with that. And you saw it that night. You know, LeBron had 30 points. AD had 16, you know, even, even D'Lo had a solid game, 14 points. Rui had 12 off the bench. Like if they're just too deep. Reeves had 17. He led all scorers off the bench in, in terms of points. You're just not going to beat them. You saw LeBron was super engaged. He's taking charges. He's forcing, you know, he's forcing Zion to think about, oh, I can't go downhill because I keep running him over and I keep getting called and all that stuff's happening. AD, they just didn't have an answer for Davis down low. They just didn't have an answer at all. And 
that's why they they blew them out and, and won that game convincingly. And thanks to that, they played in the title game on Saturday. And I want to talk about um, that game and kind of what you felt, what you saw. Because for me, again, it was clear that this game mattered to everyone involved. And the energy was definitely way higher than it normally is for a um, regular season game. You know, you saw, you saw AD go... 41 and 20. And that was like from the jump, you know, he even did that in the fourth quarter when he had that block, he did, he did like the Kobe scholar. And I'm like, that doesn't happen. If this is not an in-season tournament championship game, that like he does not scholar like that and look like, Hey, this is my moment. I'm about to like go off. And, and yes, the Pacers um, held their own for the most part. I think they, they kept it interesting. They stayed in it. They were never really as a fan, like rooting for the Lakers. They were never really like, in actual threat of winning, but every time they got like eight points, nine points, seven points, you know, you started feeling nervous, like, oh, like, are they actually going to run them out the gym now? Is this going to happen, especially with how potent that offense has been? But I think it was it was such an interesting contrast of styles because the Lakers played more like a 90s basketball team. They're like, you know what? Screw the three. I'd like to see you stop me from getting to the rim. Oh, you can't? I'm going to do it again. Oh, you can't? I'm going to do it again. Oh, you can't? I'm going to do it again. And it's like, oh, I'm going to do this for two and a half hours since you can't stop it. It was good old-fashioned math mouth bully ball. I think um, Jones on Twitter just put up the Lakers offense. He put up a picture of Marshawn Lynch when he went on that <laughs> rant about, you know, sometimes you just got to put your elbow in someone's face and smash their face in. And then he, they just kept saying to me, you just got to smash their face in. He's like, I just smashed their face in. There's no strategy. I'm just... Just smashing people over. I'm running them over. And that's what the Lakers did. They, they completely ran them over. They hit two threes time. They hit two. They only took 13 compared to the, the, the again, talk about contrasting styles. The Lakers were two and 13 from three. The Pacers were 10 and 41. <laughs> they, they shot 41 threes compared to the Lakers 13. And the Lakers were the better team, but the, the, the games told right there at points in the paint. The Lakers had 86 to the Pacers, 44. And that's the game right there. It's almost two for one on points in the paint. And then with the mat, with the Pacers not able to shoot well from three that night, that's it. 55 rebounds to 30 to, to what was it? Let me see. 55 to 32. What does Pat Riley always say? No, no boards, no rings. 55 to 32, you're not going to win a game. If you just told me those stats, I'm like, oh, that team won. The team that got every rebound and also scored everything in the paint, that's the team that wins. It's as simple as that. Sometimes we don't have to make it that complicated and talk about, you know, plays and schemes. Look, they were scoring every basket near the basket, and when they didn't score, they got the rebound. That's it. That's the game. What were your thoughts? My thoughts were the Lakers are just a better team, the sense that they had the two best players on the court very clearly. Lakers' strategy, as you said earlier, blitz Halliburton, make other guys beat you. And you just saw that the Pacers, they don't have a second star, and they don't defend well. So they're not going to win any series if they're lucky enough to make the playoffs this year. I think they'll be in the plan. No, they're not. That's not, I, The East is too good for that, in my opinion. Like, I'd be really shocked if Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly are not the four teams left standing, which is the exact final four of the 2022 season. I'd be surprised if it's not any of those four. I mean, respect to Hold Cleveland. on, hold on. Time out. So you said the what are the four going to be in the East? Let me write this down because I got. I got yeah, let's do it. Question. I'm very adamant uh-huh. about this as well. Unless okay. they get matched up in the first round somehow, one of these teams. Sure, sure. So what are the four teams? Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, and Miami. The so Saints. you still you still yeah. have Miami top? Are you saying they finished the conference top four, or they are the last four left? 
they're going to be one of the last four left because I still believe in playoff Jimmy Butler. They're 13 and 10 right now, which is the same record as the Clippers. They're half a game behind the, the Knicks. And Bam Adebayo has missed a, a good chunk of games here. I want to check how many he's missed particular, uh, in particular. So okay, Tyler, Heroes, Tyler Heroes missed 15 games and uh, Bam's missed seven games. So that that's relevant to me. And I, I still trust him in the playoffs, especially with the fact that I think um, Kyle Lowry has been playing a little bit better this year. And also Jaime Jaquez, one of our own UCLA legend. Oh, He's yeah. been one of the top five, top three or four rookies so far this season. And so 100%. they've re they were really weak at that big forward position last season. And Jaime is helping that. So, and, and also before Bam got hurt, he was playing like some of the best basketball of his entire career. So I'm still very much a believer in the heat being a dangerous playoff team. So, yeah. I, I do believe in the heat being a dangerous playoff team. You're right. I, I no longer worry about Jimmy Butler. I don't care what he did this week. It, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler. He's proven it. He's taken that team. Um, to the to the finals, he's taking that team to the twice now. He's taking the team twice to the finals, and off of his just you know you talk about not having a second star. He's just like I got it. You can't like it, it's it's been he's literally been a bully. You know we talked about Stephen Avery. No, he's literally been a bully. He's literally looked at guys in their face and be like, you can't guard me. And then he scores, and then he scores again, and then he gets a steal on him. And you're like, oh my god, like is this guy's like a he's like a freaking like you know um, an anime villain. Like he just won't die. Like this is crazy. And then he just does it series after series. So I'm with you on that. I'm still a little concerned about if they can get the top four at the end. Yeah, obviously, if they match up with one of those three, then that 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 takes that kind of out of the equation. Just because, yeah, like I, I got to see, can, can Bam get healthy? I think he will. And and how they'll look. I definitely wouldn't want to bet against the Heat. Um, but I, I I don't know. Like, are, are you saying you're not buying the Magic? They're, they're 16 and 7 right now. That, that means you don't have them kind of coming out of there. I'm not going to pick the Magic, who have zero playoff experience, to win a series. I, I'm not. I just – I'm very resistant. I'm really a big believer of experience. It could be their coming out party. They win a series. But if they play the Heat in the first round, you know they're not going to have – like, no matter how much better record, they're not going to be the favorite in Vegas. So, like, I'm taking those four. But back to the Lakers for a sec. Anthony Davis, man, when he's playing with that kind of fire on both ends of the floor, like, he's always great defensively. But when he's playing, like mm – -hmm. Like that with that kind of you said, yeah, it's the faces and all that, but it's the body language, man. Like how he's moving and how aggressive he's being. There's no argument that he's top ten in the world, maybe even higher. Like he's just he's just in the way he's impacting the game on both ends is just nuts. And of course, LeBron was really good. You're getting contributions from everywhere. The Laker defense just looks swarming. And you're right, they clearly look like they took the se regular season, not regular season, the in season tournament more seriously or if not as serious as any team did, and you could see a real fire, and it really reminded me, I know it's not nearly the same scale, but it reminded me of the bubble, just an alternate-looking court that I hadn't seen, a <laughs> tournament that Adam Silver put on, and the Lakers looking the better, better than anyone, locked in. So they earned it. I would have liked to see a better team in the final game, like Milwaukee, um, but... Lakers took care of business and they're just a much better team than the Pacers and the defense looked awesome. I thought they were just rolling on all cylinders for the most part. Yeah. And uh, I think that, um, I mean, again, like I feel like people are still not you, but in general, they're just not taking the Lakers as seriously. I'm like, remember they made the Western conference finals last year there. It's going to be, they're a tough out. You're going to have to be really good to beat them. The last time anyone really beat them healthy was the nuggets. That's it. Because again, 
injuries happened. But against the Suns a couple right. of years ago, AD went down and they lost that series. They were up to one. They were winning in, I think, the second quarter when he went down. And then they lost that game. It went to two. The Suns went out. And again, I'm not trying to discredit the Suns. They did what they were supposed to do. They played the team in front of them. Players go down. That's fine. I'm just saying, okay, healthy LeBron and AD, who's going to stop them in the playoffs? And the only team that can say that is Denver. That's it. And even then, like, LeBron was clearly hurt, but fine. We'll give you that one. They were healthy. They played all the minutes. Fine. That's it. So they've made some reinforcements. They've made some adjustments. They're running it back. Let's see you do it again, Denver. Let's see what happens, you know? So, so again, this team is very, very, very good. And uh, all the guards have always mentioned whenever AD's had those, like, lackluster games, those nine-point games, 12-point games, when I've, I've been there post-game talking with them about it, and a lot of times the, the guards take ownership. You know, Reeves and D'Lo mentioned, we have to get him more involved. We have to do more. You know, we know how good he is. And props to D'Lo, especially in that first quarter. D'Lo, AD, pick and roll. They were spamming that, and D'Lo was acquiescing to AD, feeding him the ball. He wasn't taking shots. He, he was a, also a big factor in the beginning, getting him going early. Let me see. He has seven assists, which is, you know, a solid number for D'Lo. Nothing crazy, but... Um, I really think that he deserves some credit for that first quarter where he was really he, he made sure AD got going. If you look at those first quarter buckets from AD, a lot of them were passes from from uh, D'Lo where the big man was rolling and he got rewarded. And then guess what? That means he's going to roll harder and then he's, he keeps getting rewarded. And next thing you know, momentum starts. Who knows how things go? Maybe if D'Lo takes a couple pull up fadeaways contested, they miss. AD gets frustrated. He's not rolling no more. The game gets tight. Next thing you know, it's a completely different game. It was just one game. It could have went either way. But Lakers took care of business. They won. Now that it's over, before we put a bow on it and go back to the Clippers, how did you feel now that you saw the full product? I know you're the old school guy. You want to go back old to school. you know the short shorts and all that. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> old school, and I'm 25. You know, I think that makes, makes more of a statement of how much the league has changed the last 10 years, if I'm being real. So, okay, what I'm saying is I feel – that's just me. That's what we're gonna ask you the question, then you can. I feel like you're more you 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 look at the game in a certain way, a certain way it was, and this is new. This is all very new. A new cup, a new trophy, new jerseys. Adam Silver's, you know, went to the lab and cooked this up. But now that you saw the whole thing, it's all over. Only thing left is actually literally hanging that banner, which we can talk about if you want to, or we can say it for when it happens. We, we, no, we better. We're talking about we'll talk, it. We'll talk. Okay, cool. So now that I, I'm gonna give you the floor. Tell me, what did you think the inaugural NBA in-season tournament? It was better than I expected. I actually liked it because I think it didn't hurt the NBA in any way. I think, except the courts were a little weird looking, but who cares, right? Um, they, the Clippers one wasn't actually that bad to look at in person, so no mind, no mind there. And I thought they did a, they found a fairly creative way to mix it in without adding more games, right? Because like when in soccer, when you have the domestic cups, it's literally just another competition. So they're adding games to their already very, you know, lengthy seasons. So they found a way to only just add one game for the teams that made the championship. And I thought that worked out nicely. And they did it in a, in a time period where this is when the season starts getting a little drab, a little bit, oh, injuries are starting to happen. You start to see who teams are, that luster of the beginning of the season and who's what each team is going to look like. is kind of worn off. We all kind of see the picture and seeing it start to develop. So like from December to the All-Star break is kind of the, the low point of the season where it's like NFL is, especially if you live in America, like NFL is getting really heated, you know, so it's, it's a little bit more tame. So I think it added some excitement and it caused for some more competitive games with some better crowds besides the Vegas. I know 
I didn't necessarily like the atmosphere in Vegas, even though it was like a Laker home game. But like, if it's going to be a Laker home game, might as well have it here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's the only thing I'll say is I, I, and also I think that the people that paid to go to the semifinal first game should get tickets to both games. So, cause like the first game, the Milwaukee, Indiana, I was at work. Like it was two o'clock local time. So that was an issue. But for the most part, I actually like uh, this tournament more than the play-in tournament because the play-in tournament actually changes not only the postseason, but the regular season approach and just the amount of teams that can make it. The in-season tournament didn't really change that much to me. So I think it was a good addition. Credit to the Lakers for winning it. And it's kind of like a win-win to me. Like if you lose, it's not that big a deal. You just move on with your season. And if you win, it's like, oh, awesome. But my only thing is, and I know this is a league pushing this because they want to create more incentive to win it. I just think with a franchise that has 12 championship banners, 13 total, if you count the one with the Minneapolis five on it, but 13 physical banners in the arena, adding another one that's the in-season tournament is just like, looks a little, it looks a little corny, a little gimmick for the Lakers. You know what I mean? This is the Lakers. I don't know. What do you think about it? You're a Laker fan. So. Yeah, one, uh, they've actually adjusted the the um, the Minneapolis ones now, so they're, they're actually like on the side, but they're actually like numbered now, so it's a little more spread out. Oh, they and have five two, different ones. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, yep. They did they did that. I think uh, 2021. I think. Yeah, don't quote me on that, but they, that's that's new. It's it's been changed recently. So now it's not just one with the years on it. It's a little more separate. Um, but I. I'm very interested in how that went down. Like I said, a lot of people have been saying that, oh, it's the league. It might be the league. Very possible. Um, I think it's one, again, I think that the the thought process the Lakers normally have is, is pretty simple. They only hang the championship banners. Championships are all that matter, period. We don't hang conference championships or Pacific Division titles, only the banners. One, this is something new. So that was before this came out. So that was the quote for that. Two, this is a different type of title, not the same. And that's why it's also going to have a different color and be kind of just one. There won't be 20 of these if they win a bunch. They've said they're going to – I haven't seen the banner yet. They haven't shown it publicly. But this is going to be a different color, different shape to differentiate. And it's going to have space for future years. So there won't be any more to be like, oh, and our in-season tournament titles, they're right there listed. I think that's a happy medium to that. Personally, do I want one? Did I need one? No, I think it would, I would have been fine with not having it. But it becomes one of those, if the Lakers didn't hang one, no one would ever want to hang one. Because now it becomes the the cool kids are too cool for school. No one's going to want to be the first one to hang it, right? Compared to the, the division ones and the conference ones, certain teams, at least I think, think, hey, I, we might never win the title. We're going to hang whatever we can hang up here because we got nothing. So we'll hang whatever. Uh, but if the Lakers did the in-season tournament and decided, you know what, not only did we care and we won, but we're not hanging it because we're above that, I think it sends a message to everyone else. No one's going to want to be the first to do it. So now the Lakers did it. Every team who wins one's going to do it because it's going to be like, well, yeah, we won. So we're going to hang up a banner for sure. Probably going to bite the same style the Lakers did and just put one. Maybe some other organizations will say, no, 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 we're going to put a regular, just, just going to be straight up banner and, and it's fine. Um, so I'm okay with it. If it was up to me, would they do it? Probably not, but it's really not that big a deal. It'll just be on the side, and it'll just have all the years. Uh, 
with how many they have. I mean, Taylor Swift had a banner up at Crypto for a little bit, and then they took that down. So, you know, you never know. Maybe if, if the instance tournament only lasts five years, so I'm sure they probably will just take it down and say, oh, forget it. It was up there for a couple of years. And if this is something, like I said, I think this will be something that's sustainable. I think this thing will stay forever. And in 10, 20 years, I think there'll be teams that put this on the marker as a goal. We want to win the in-season tournament. Like, like we talked about last week, we were joking about the treble and all that kind of stuff. I think there will be some, and there'll be some players who'll be like, you know what? I want everything. Gold medal, all-star MVP, MVP, finals MVP, in-season tournament MVP. I think that'll be something those star elite players be like, yeah, I want to get one at least and say, yeah, I was the best player this year and I want everything, including this tournament. I think we will get there if teams continue to care about it and put that stock into it. Uh, I think we're going to continue to see that moving forward. I'm curious to see what changes they make next year. I hope they don't get greedy. I kind of like how it is now. I really hope they don't say, you know what? They liked it. Let's give them 20 games and let's make it a whole month. of. I hope it doesn't get to that level because I'm a little afraid that they're going to get a little greedy and say, hey, I wonder if we can, you know, like ramp it up more. I like the fact that the games were only on Tuesdays and Fridays. It was very easy to understand once you knew. And say, like, okay, could Tuesday, Fridays, they'll have different jerseys. They'll have different courts. I get it. It's fine. Um, but obviously, we're way ahead of that. I'm sure they're brainstorming that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, the WNBA tried this, and it didn't, to me, it didn't work as well. And I think the reason why is, to be honest, the WNBA teams, they kind of go hard all the time. So it was kind of like, oh, it's a Commissioner Cup game. All right. Like, I always give my 120. So, like, what am I going to do more? So those games did, didn't have a different feel, in my opinion. Sometimes I would forget. I'm like, oh, it's a Commissioner Cup game. And the NBA did a good job distinct uh, making a distinction. It made it really clear with the jerseys and the courts. Maybe that's something the WNBA can look at because they've been doing it. Theirs is called the Commissioner's Cup. Um, the finals have always been good in the WNBA because it usually is the two, again, since they're always going hard, it's usually the two best teams. So th those games were always like the, the couple times they've done them, those were always top quality games. Uh, but the, the regular season games, that part just didn't really hit. Um, I agree with you with the Vegas crowd for the, I don't know, for some reason with the WNBA, they also did it in Vegas, but the energy was way up. It was like, I think just in general, the WNBA fans just more engaged, period. So they were excited regardless, and the energy felt really, really good. Even though this was a Lakers home game in Vegas, it, the energy didn't feel good. It felt really quiet, almost like a Super Bowl atmosphere. It was kind of corporate, and it was like, I don't know, I'm not feeling the excitement. They would, they would, they would get excited, you know, when things started happening or the game got tight or in the fourth quarter, but a lot of times I'm like, it's kind of quiet in there. I can hear, feel like I can hear everything because it's so quiet. So I think the NBA has to either, either this, this has to become an event, kind of uh, all-star where the fans just buy tickets and they go and they're active, or the NBA has to push the date a little bit. That way uh, fans of that team know. So maybe there's like a week gap between like the, the qualifications for the semifinals and the actual semis. That way fans can say, Oh yeah, my team's playing. Let me go get tickets. Let me let me buy them off StubHub or whatever. Right now, the way it worked, I think the Lakers found out like on Tuesday, and then they they flew there Thursday. That's not really like you said at a two o'clock game, uh, at least for the 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 Milwaukee one. Even the Lakers one was like five thirty or something. Like it's just hard for even even in LA, it's hard to just drop everything in the middle of the work week and say, you know what, I'm gonna go watch the semifinals. Like that's not really gonna happen. And what you end up getting is people who either have a lot of money to do that. But then they're also not the kind of people that are going to be that excited about it. They're just going to be like, oh, it's a cool hype thing to do. So that's why I'm here. But then you're not going to get the, the right energy for that. So a couple of things to tweak with that. But for the most part, I think it was a success. And, and I, I enjoyed watching it. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what changes happen next year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I back everything you're saying. The only thing I'll say is with the Lakers hanging up an in-season banner, it doesn't look as bad to me because it's like, one, you already have championship banners. You're just adding more winning tradition to the franchise's history. Whereas, let's say the Clippers won the in-season tournament. Oh, the Clippers finally hung a banner, and it's that. It's like, yeah, that's not what I waited for. Like, we're just gonna get that would just be just jokes. The jokes would have written themselves. It would be a little bit of a joke, but to be honest, uh, I know my team won, so it's hard to say. But I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, okay, it's not the main one. And that, that same thing AD said. It's like it feels good. We're happy. It's what we wanted. It's not the main goal. So it's a good goal, and that, that's what it'll that's what it'll become. It'll become one of the goals, right? Just like it's like a goal to finish top four, or like be the one seed. And like you don't really celebrate that, but you you're like it's nice, and then we go from there. So. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it how it develops in in future years. Maybe the Lakers will just win it again and just keep winning the instant tournament, rack them up. And like I said, now we have the tiebreaker against the Celtics, which makes me happy. 17-17, but we got the in season that puts us one above. So it's crazy you said that before it happened and it actually ended up happening. I mean, I knew the Clippers, I knew the Celtics were going to choke it up. You know, I just I just didn't know when. <laughs> All right. I don't have a good segue for there, but the Clippers have actually been killing it. Like we said, we, they, we talked about their their game uh, tonight, but they've won five straight, including a couple more um, this week. So I'm going to let you pick, Dime, uh, mm-hmm. either just a general recap or a certain game you want to focus on. The Clippers beat the Denver Nuggets 111-102. They also beat the Utah Jazz 117-103, and they also beat the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday. So, so let me know what the biggest takeaway is. From these games, which game you kind of want to focus on? Tell me a little bit more about, you know, how the Clippers have gone on this five-game winning streak. Utah had lo- no Larry Marketing and, and Portland had no Brogdon, Jeremy Grant, or Ayton. So, like, those were par for the course type thing. Like, you know, just you get the job done. But the Denver game, we finally broke our drought against Denver. And partially, you know, it was a good performance by James, PG, Kawhi. But the main thing was how badly Hilkic played. He was like nine for 32. He was missing every single shot. It was it was wild. But Zubats and Tice were so good in that game. And I got to give a real shout out to Tice. He's been such a good addition. I think we're, we're 10 and three since we got him. So Clippers are 10 and three in their last 13 games. That's all with the new starting lineup. And coincidentally, that's also when Tice started playing for us. And then Zoo has been playing so well lately on both ends of the floor. Obviously, I think Harden being a great pick and roll player helps him. Some really nice pocket passes to him and stuff. But... Zoo's just his aggression has been so much better, whether it be offensively or protecting the rim defensively, just doing his job. And then Tice with his energy. It's it's a lot of star power, but as I said, it's the the defensive effort to me on a nightly basis has been really good so far to start this season. Besides, like maybe one or two games, it's really been great. And if you really look at it, we only have two minus defenders in our rotation with Norman uh and Harden, but They've been playing hard defensively. I know that sounds crazy, James Harden playing hard defensively, but he's been <laughs> he's been trying. There is always a period where he does buy in. It's just a matter of in the playoffs where those, will those flaws come out because he's not necessarily a good defender. But he's active in the passing lanes and he has great hands, which, he, which we've always known. And what impressed me was the other game against Portland, he was actually guarding Simons one-on-one and holding his own and had a game-winning defensive play where he knocked the ball off his foot uh, on, a, on an almost steal. So... Got to give credit to him. And, of course, Terrence Mann, even though his three ball, which is starting to come around, come along a little bit, he even if his shot's not falling, he always adds to our defense. So, to me, it's Kawhi and Paul being healthy, even though Paul just got injured. Hopefully it's not serious. Having a literal super team, like just star power straight up. And then 
the defensive effort from everybody. And Zubat's playing really well. And think of that. Yeah, even if Harden's playing bad defense, because sometimes he won't be great defensively, Terrence, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo, it's pretty good defenders right there. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And that's what I was telling you. I'm like, I know you didn't like the move. And I, I get you guys were playing well, but I'm like, he gives you another punch. He just gives you another offensive weapon. I think they saw, I think the organization felt we don't have it, kind of like with the Kings problem. We don't have enough. What can we do? And I think the Kings will have to ultimately make a decision similar. Okay, Malik Monk, Herder, cute players, but are they enough to beat these juggernauts? Maybe we need to make some trades and get a star to complement Fox, and then we have a chance. Because again, it, it, it still is, and it always will be, you know, a star-driven league because at the end of the day, you can only have five players in the court at the same time. You're five versus my five. So usually how it ends up being, and if you have two or three just monsters, I can't compete. So now the Clippers, I think that's why I, I put them in that mix because they got three guys where if you tell me, hey, they just went off for like two months, I'm like, okay, so then they win. That's that's what happens. If they go off like that, they're going to win. It's just, it, you know, you're telling me Kawhi's going to, you know, go 12 for 14 and, you know, Harden's bought in and, and Russ is hustling. It's like, okay, that's that's a tough team to beat. And and that's how that's how you go on a playoff run. That's how you win a title. And they're, they're set up for an opportunity to do that if things break their way. And um, I, there was something I wanted to mention about those Clipper games. I forgot what it was. Oh, I did tell you that I had a feeling Denver was going to slip. I'm like, you're like, oh, they always kill. I'm like, yeah, Joker's coming back. I don't know. I think they might, they might, they, this might be the one. So I'm, I'm happy I was right. And, and, and uh, I always like seeing Denver lose since uh, they've been obsessed with us for like, you know, um, the past <laughs> couple months. So anytime Denver loses now, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll live with that. So yeah, uh, the Clippers took care of business. They've been taking care of business. Uh, before we go into the upcoming games, really quick, I do want to do a, a Sparks segment here. Uh, they're still deep into the offseason. We're nowhere near um, the regular season, which starts in the spring. But just like the NBA, things are happening year-round, and there's certain markers, and we just hit a big one. The WNBA had their draft lottery on Sunday. A really important uh, moment for the Sparks, one, because they had – uh, the fourth best, the third best odds of um, of getting the number one draft pick. And if you're paying attention to what's happening in women's basketball, this is if everyone who's declares, uh, who's eligible to declare, declares, it's going to be the deepest draft. You have Caitlin Clark, you got Paige, you got a bunch of players from uh, um, uh, South Carolina. Like it's just, it's one of those stacked like 96 uh, NBA draft. It's one of those. There's like, Eight about, to 12 all-stars coming out of this. What about game. all of LSU's players? They got a stack squad. Yeah, yeah. Reese is going to probably declare. Uh, again, they're still, just like the, the men's thing, they're still playing. So technically, no one's declared yet. But uh, on paper, yeah, it's going to be a juggernaut of a this, – this is the one you want to win. It's one of those, like, every 5, 10 years, like, oh, yeah, I want to win this one because there's a superstar. And this year, I think, it, you know, it's Caitlin Clark. So this was a big draft. For the Sparks, um, they did improve. They had 17% chance of getting the number one spot. They did not get the number one spot, but they got the number two spot. And like I said, it's arguably the deepest draft um, on paper. So it's still a really exciting thing. They're not going to have number one. So that means Caitlin Clark will probably be in Indiana Fever because that's who won it. So they won't get that number one spot. But they got the number two. I think they're going to go with Paige, who's like just a monster guard. Uh, I'm not sure if you've been keeping up with, you know, what's going on with women's basketball and, and, and Caitlin Clark and Paige and Reese and all that, but I think that's going to be 
a great compliment with NECA if she resigns with the, with the Sparks, which I assume she will. Um, do you have any thoughts here on, on the WNBA draft and on, on Paige's game, Caitlin Clark's game? I, well, I've seen Caitlin Clark play a good amount, but I haven't seen Paige play enough. But, I mean, the Sparks getting the second overall pick, that is huge. I mean, that's going to hopefully add some a level of excitement back to the, to the city and the WNBA fans and the Sparks fans because, you know, the WNBA, man, it's really coming coming a long way. And I was watching the playoff games last year, like even just the Dallas Wings playing against, I forget who it was, and the crowd was so electric. And I'm like, man, I want the Sparks to be back in the playoffs. So having the second overall pick in what could be the deepest draft in, you know, in recent memory, I don't know my WNBA history, like the NBA history, but maybe the deepest draft ever. I don't know. Who knows? It's up um, there it, on paper, yeah. of course. We got to see the players and then see how they perform. But yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of talent um, coming out of this draft. It's a really it's a great one to to get the number two spot for uh, Cameron Brink from Stanford. I really love her game. Uh, I, I wouldn't be mad if they got her too. Um, uh, Edwards from uh, UConn as well. They're, they're just like I said, like um, you know, to kind of put it in perspective, like Reese is a bucket in in college. I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't make the lottery. Like that's how deep like this draft is. There's like a lot of like serious big time players. So I I want them to get the number one pick because obviously then they can just make the easy pick and go with Clark. They might still get Clark. You never know. Maybe she doesn't go number one. Maybe the Fever talk themselves out of it. Maybe they see a different matchup. They already have um, Boston there, so they would be two bigs, which I think works really really well in the W. I think they will go with Clark, but we don't know yet. So we'll see what happens. But having number two pick. And I think they also have the um, the number eleven pick, so they also have another one. Let me double check that real quick. I'm I'm almost positive they have uh, the number eleven pick as well. Uh, so they're also going to have another chance. They can even move up. I don't think there's really anywhere to go because I don't think they're going to get um, the number one pick's not going to get traded. I don't think there's anything that you can do to move that. But they do have a few options if they do want to maybe package for a star or something like that. They'll have that option as well. Uh, let me see number two pick. And um, I'm trying to see if I can find out if they have the number. Is it the number? They have number 12. So they have no, two and 12. Okay, so not not two lottery picks, but they got the number two and the number 12. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep track of that as we move forward once we have, once we're closer to the draft day and once we see people declaring and, and the WNBA is closer to being, you know, starting because college basketball is wrapping up, then we'll, We'll definitely talk more about this and, and get into it once we know a little bit more about who's actually available and you know what's going on. But my biggest thing right now is keep up with the AP 25. So go watch Iowa, go watch UConn. One of those players is going to be a spark next year. So and also they're an amazing team. So you're probably it's probably good to watch UConn basketball, period. <laughs> yeah, always, always the husky lady huskies always have quality players. And then so I just checked ESPN, the mock draft, they have Cameron bring from Stanford going second to us. So we'll see what happens. It's uh, the WNBA. Uh, d- sorry. The WNCAA. NCAAW uh, is usually how we say it. Yeah. yeah. NCAAW tournament is a really becoming a great, uh, an event that I'm looking forward to because with women's basketball, man, and women's college basketball, you're having these ladies spend multiple years in college. So you're really starting to build kind of like how old men's NCAA basketball was in the 90s and the 80s where you're starting to build an attachment and storylines to these continuity to these college basketball teams like you had back in the day and you can build that attachment to them because like 
you get a Zion and Duke. He's out of there in one year. There's no legacy with Zion and Kyrie Duke. played like eleven games. You know, Just, you know any any player now that goes like Isaiah Collier even with USC. It's like this is gonna be his only year here. So, um, yeah, that's I think that's awesome, especially what we saw with LSU and and Iowa. That was electric. So. Yeah, that was electric, and like you said, we're gonna we might get a rematch this year. That all all those players are pretty much they ran it back, right? Caitlin Clark still in Iowa, Angel Reese is still in the LSU, and you have um you know Juju Watkins at USC. I've been meaning to go down there. Everyone's been going Dude, down there. I, I know you were there uh this weekend watching Bronny. Yeah, I was for, for the men, of course. Yeah, but I wanted to stay and watch Juju, but I just had a conflict. But the line outside of Galen after for Juju was really long. And yeah, it was great to see Bronny, man. By the way, if you guys are watching or listening to this episode, please check out my video from being in the seventh row at Galen Center for Bronny's first game. And I got every single like big play he made on video, the atmosphere, LeBron coming in, great stuff. It has about 250 views on my channel right now. I figured it'd be a little more. Check it out, man. It's a great occasion. And I thought Bronny was pretty impressive. If you just remove the he's got to be like LeBron expectations and just treat him like a normal person, like a normal D1 b- basketball player. He's actually pretty good. I don't yeah. know. I know this draft class is supposed to be weak, but he doesn't pop out like a one and done to me at all. Personally, athletically. Yeah. But like he, it was his first game. He's on limited minutes and yeah, he deserved to close the game, but four points or whatnot. He doesn't pop up the page. Like, Oh yeah, he's going to the NBA next year, but yeah. I think he could be a good player for USC. And I think right now the goal for him is to contribute to this Trojans team, get minutes and get comfortable playing D1 basketball at the Pac-12 level. 100%. Yeah, I think that's that's exactly the point right now. Um, he's not, like you said, he's not a top prospect, even though it's a weaker draft and he's got the name to help him. Right now, the goal is just, it's got to it's just gotta just be get in the rotation, get active, get acclimated. You know, you, you started behind because he, he couldn't start right away because of his health condition. Now he's cleared. Okay, just get out there, go play some ball, get used to playing in the system. And let's see what happens. The season's still long. It's December. You know, it's going until March slash April. So you got plenty of time to still get plenty of reps in, plenty of games in. Let's see what you can do. And then when the time comes to think about that decision, you can see where you are in the draft lineup, where you are in the depth chart. If you need it, you want another year to get your legs under you, whatever. Um, you know, he can have that conversation. And that's why LeBron has his contract the way he does. He's got a player option. If he if his son doesn't feel like he's ready or he sees he's like a borderline player, okay, run it back. Okay, cool. LeBron just signs out for the player option. All right, next year I'll go where you go and like we'll take it from there and we'll we'll have that option. So LeBron gave himself that option as well. Bronny's doing his thing and we'll see what happens from there. All right. Now let's get into the games coming up this week for what's left of this week since it's already uh, Tuesday slash probably Wednesday when you're listening to this. Uh we have the Lakers against the Spurs uh going to be on the road so it's a back to back. I'm really not feeling too good about this game. Yes, San Antonio is a weaker team. They're clearly tanking, but I mean, LeBron might not play. AD might not play because of that groin. Vandal missed tonight. I mean, if, if we're like half man, I don't know about this one. Um, so, you know what? Right now, I'm going to say it. They're going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game. They'll lose the Spurs. <laughs> I know, time, but um, I, I think I think they'll lose because the players won't be available. I think LeBron and AD might miss, and if both of them miss, I thought we I were just. How are we going to kick off the show talking about that? You know, like both LA teams are not load managing; they're being very serious about things. If you see the clips from AD today, you probably would say he's not going to play. Like he 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 hurt his groin pretty rough in the second quarter. There, he okay. it didn't affect him. Well, LeBron, I think if you watch that, you'll see. 
LeBron, uh, I can kind of give you that one a little bit. Um, you might just need only one of them to beat San Antonio. The way they're, they're just in a funk right now. They don't know how to win. They're really that. trying to lose. <laughs> they're really trying to lose. That's the thing. So, yeah, you're right. They You might see Pop uh, pull, pull some pops. I hope the Lakers win. But I just – it's, again, second out of a back-to-back. They're, they're already banged up. No Vandal tonight. I don't know. All right. On Thursday, we got – and that, uh, by the way, that Lakers uh, Spurs game, 5 o'clock uh, West Coast time, and it's on NBA TV, so it's a nationally televised game. All right. Next game here, we got Thursday, Clippers-Warriors. Let's start with this one. Do you think Draymond plays in this game? No. And I think we're going to win regardless of if he plays or not. The Clippers are playing great basketball, and the Warriors are playing bad basketball. We are going to beat them, and I'm going to be there to watch it. There you go. 7.30, West Coast time, also on NBA TV. Better yet, let me tell you this one. Both LA teams are going to win every single game before the next episode. Wow. You guys are beating the Spurs in both games, and we're both beating the Knicks. We're giving them the old-fashioned come to LA and get your ass kicked by both teams kind of deal. We're going to beat them both. I'll be there on Saturday to watch that too. And then the Lakers are playing Chicago on Wednesday, so we'll we'll have an episode before then. Yeah, And then Clippers, I haven't actually looked at the game past New York. Clippers play Indy uh, on Monday. Oh, okay. So we probably will have to record after that game. Record earlier. Early, so we can still be undefeated. Before <laughs> we have a day off, though, that's a big man. At Indiana is tough because the, the way they play offense. But you know what? I'm gonna stick with it. We, we we playing well. Let's go with beating Indiana as well. Every single game, Lakers and Clippers gonna win every single one. Wow. All right. So I'll, I'll speed through since you already made your predictions there. So Lakers, I do think the Lakers do win on Friday against the Spurs because even if they rest on Wednesday, they'll be ready Friday. That game's at 4:30 West Coast time, also on ESPN. Then Saturday. Clippers Knicks as as Dime just just uh, prefaced, we, the Knicks are coming to town. Clippers are going to be hosting them uh, at seven thirty on Saturday. Monday Clippers they're on the road. They'll be at Indy. It's a four o'clock game, so we're getting a lot of these like West Coast time games because of the matchups they're getting. So that'll be four o'clock West Coast, and then Lakers Knicks last game we're going to preview here. Dime has the Lakers winning. I do as well. Very interesting game. The Lakers might be fully healthy that day because it's projected that Gabe Vincent will be available by that game and they'll be unveiling uh, the new banner so new banner full roster ready to go Clippers Knicks Knicks win so I'm really excited about that I hope that happens I don't think we've had a run the table we've gotten close but all the wins for both teams that's rough but let's see I'd love to see it let's see if it happens all right so that concludes uh today's episode so excited to see the Lakers win the in-season tournament. We got the title. Clippers are on a roll. Let's see what happens this week. Once again, I'm your host, Edwin Garcia. This is my co-host, Dime Dropper, and we out. Wait, can I get a shout-out? Go ahead. Go for it. There was a guy that came up to me at the Clipper game. He's a part of the Clipper Hoop Troop. I don't know his name, but I got to get his name next time. And he comes up and said, look what I was watching before I got here. And it was Bass One Figueroa last episode. Let's go. We love to see it. I I got some big goals for this podcast. We'll talk about end of the year later, but love seeing the shout out. We got to get those Spotify wrapped, all that stuff this year, man. I can't wait. I'm so, I'm so pumped for it. Yes, sir. So appreciate that guy. Appreciate you guys in general for listening. And also check out my latest video of the Clipper game I went to against Portland. There was some funny interviews after the game and some really good stuff from just high level basketball players on both sides. Shaden Sharp, mixed Daniel Tyson sent him back to Germany but you know what he came back 
the next night and got a win against the Kings. So signing off, basketball on Figueroa. It's a great time to be an L.A. fan right now. Shohei Otani, shout out to him and the L.A. Rams on an absolute roll. But we lost the Ravens, but it's okay. I think we're still going to make the playoffs. Have a great week, everybody.